In this parsha, we have the mitzvah of taking off challah from a dough. The Pesach says, from the beginning of your dough, challah, torimu truma, you should take off a challah as a truma, as a gift. And the Pesach says, kitrumas goirin, it should be similar to the truma that's taken off from the threshing floor, that means a regular truma that's taken off. Produce, kain terimu Rashi says that the comparison to trumas goirin is that just like in regular truma, where there's no shear, there's no amount, so, so too is with challah. Different to trumas meiser, that's the meiser that the levy gives off what he gets, where there is a measure. Nevertheless, Rashi says, the Chachamim did give a shear by challah as well, that a balabayus, a regular baker, a regular person baking bread would give one out of 24, and a baker would give one out of 48. So the Rebbe says, we need to understand, we know Rashi is not a safer of halacha. So the fact that he's telling us that there's no shear, that's to explain what the Torah means, ketrumas goyren. But why is it relevant, the shear that the Chachamim did give, why is this relevant in Rashi? Even if it's relevant that there is a shear, why does Rashi have to tell us what the measurements are? And not only that, Rashi starts giving us the differences. Regular people and bakers, Rashi could tell us what's relevant for most people. And then the Rebaska seems to be a contradiction. It seems to be the Torah was emphasizing there's no measure, and yet the Chachamim are saying, but there is a measure. And, even if Rashi does want to tell us that Chachamim gave a measure, says the Rebbe, seemingly this would fit more on the next Pasuk, where the Pasuk actually says that Titnu, you should give a, a, a truma, you should give this Chala, where Rashi says over there that there has to be something significant in what you're giving, has to be Kedainus, you know, so it would make sense over there that the Chachamim gave a certain share. Why does Rashi say it over here on this Pasuk? And finally, says the Rebbe, why doesn't Rashi tell us the difference between a baker and a regular person, why there are these different shiurim? Says the Rebbe, what was really bothering Rashi is, the Torah tells us on the one hand, it's ketrumas goyden, it's like regular trumah, that there is no shear, which would sound like even the tiniest amount would be enough. But then the Pasuk says, that just like trumas goyden, chalo terimu trumah, you should take off a chalo. What does a chalo mean? A chalo, Rashi says, gives us an old French word for a turtle, which means a cake or a loaf, which sounds like there does, something does need to be given, some sort of shear. A roll has some sort of shear, a loaf has some sort of shear, we're not just giving crumbs. And this is what Rashi is saying. That since the word itself is telling us that there is a challah, that means there is some sort of shivas to what's being given. So the chachamim came along and they actually said a certain amount of what this challah is going to be. But now the problem is, you might think, that the Chachamim gave an absolute amount. A challah is always going to be a particular amount regardless of the size of the dough. And this is why Rashi continues and says, no, the bigger the dough is going to be, the proportionate to the dough is what you're going to have to give. And within that itself, a balabais is going to give one out of 24 and a baker is going to give one out of 48. And since, says the Rebbe, where are we learning this all out from? It's because the Torah called it by the name challah which means, again, means a loaf, says that Rebbe now will, could also automatically understand why there's going to be different shiurim to a regular person baking in his house and a baker. The Rebbe says a regular person baking in his house is usually baking for his family. He's baking for everyone, for himself and his family, and therefore, it's usually going to be big loaves. So if he's expected to give a loaf, automatically it's going to be a bigger loaf. That's one out of 24. Whereas a baker that's baking for everyone, baking for poor people as well, he also has plenty of small loaves, especially when we figure the fact that he also has all of his expenses that he has to spend and so on and so forth. So when he's going to give a challah, it's going to be a smaller challah. 
Says the Rebbe, since it's the word challah itself in the Pasuk that's telling us that there are going to be different challahs, different kinds of people are going to be giving different size challahs. So now we can also understand why there, Rashi is telling us automatically that there's going to be dif- differences in these size challahs. And Rashi tells us what, the, what those things are. The Rebbe says another thing that we could say, say of why Rashi tells us these different shiurim is because Usually we know a lot of things have a shear of a kabetza. That's usually the maximum of food things, the shear of the size of an egg. Now the shear for a dough to be chayiv and challah, Rashi tells us, is a dough that has 43 and a fifth eggs. If you're going to say that one out of 24 is the amount that you need to give for challah, that's actually bigger than the size of a kabetza. I mean, suddenly over here we need a bigger shear. And this seems a bit surprising. That's why Rashi is saying no. Sometimes it actually is going to be smaller than a kabetza because a baker is going to give one out of 48. The Rebbe now moves, and say, moves on and says, we see something fascinating in this Rashi. Generally, there's a bit of a discussion in the Mepharshim, that, when that which seems to be a contradiction in Rashi. In this part, Rashi, Rashi is telling us there is no shear. Chachamim gave a shear. But then in the next passage where it says, Titnu Hashem, Rashi says it does have to have a certain significant amount that can be considered giving, which sounds like even Minatoira is a shear. So is there a shear Minatoira or there isn't? So the Mizrahi says that Midairai said there is no shear. When the Pasuk is saying titnu, is just what we call an asmachta. The Chachamim are relying, are basing, are supporting themselves on the Pasuk and giving a certain shear. But not that there's really a shear in Torah. The Gurari, the Maharal Miprag says, that when the Torah says that it needs to, Kedena that it needs to be a certain amount, that's only Lemitzvah, that's only the better, in other words, it's better to do it that way. But it's going to be called Chala, even if he gave less. The Rebbe now focuses on the Noi Yudah who differentiates and says there's two aspects within Chal. There's the fact that you need to take off from the dough in order to now make this dough permissible to eat. It's no longer Tevel. For that, even the tiniest amount would be enough. And for that, there's no shear at all. And that's what the first Pasuk is speaking about when it says that just like the, 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 the Truma given from regular produce, there's no shear. So too over here. Whereas in the next passage where it says, Titnu Hashem, it has to be a certain amount of Nesina, this is speaking about because you're giving it to the Koyin. So now there has to be a significant amount, and that's what we say, that there's going to be the shear, one out of 24, um, which is the shear um, uh, that the Torah would be giving, out of an Isarain, but the Chachamim came along and extended it, that the bigger the dough is going to be, you're always going to stick to these proportions of one out of 24, or one out of 48. But based on the way the Rebbe explained to Rashi, there's no contradiction at all. Because even the original passage where Rashi says there's no shear, it doesn't mean there's no shear at all, you could give crumbs. Even that passage used the term challah, which we explained already, means some sort of loaf. And therefore you can't just give crumbs. But again, then the Chachamim came along and are explaining that we do need to give a, certain, that to give a, a very, very specific amount. The Rebbe now turns to the Yenushal Torah, to the Chassidus in this Rashi. The Medrash tells us, why is Pasha's Chala in the Torah right next to the Pasha that discusses Avodah Zorah? To teach you that someone that upholds the mitzvah of Chala, it's as if he is nullifying Avodah Zorah. Someone that's nullifying the mitzvah of Chala, it's as if he is upholding the union of Avodah Zorah. And the question is, what's the connection of such a major thing like Avodah Zorah and this mitzvah of Chala? And also, what does it mean? It's as if he's upholding the Avodah Zorah, as if the Avodah Zorah is there already. It's just a matter of giving it further upkeep. So the Rebbe says, one of the explanations of what the mitzvah of challah is generally all about, when we say take the first of your dough and give it to Hashem, is to constantly remember that the Eibishter is the one that's giving us the power to be successful, is the one that's giving us our parnosa and so on. 
In other words, since a person is working in Derech HaTeva by nature to earn his livelihood, Chas V'Shalom, a person can make a mistake as if it's not connected to Hashem, but this is part of nature. Or even if he knows that Hashem is the one that made the nature, he might think, fine, Hashem set up the system, but now it's all due to my work. And therefore, by giving Chala, this is what's reminding the person that it's only the bracha of Hashem that gives anyone anything they have. And furthermore, that it's not only that, that there's no, that all of these things don't give us our parnasa, but really nothing exists outside of Hashem. Hashem is the one that's creating everything every single second. And that's why a person is giving chala, recognizing that really this all belongs to Hashem. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand what's the pshat, that chala is nullifying Avedi Zara. Avedi Zara is not only when you're worshipping it, when you're bowing down to an idol. But even when you get, in a more subtle way, even when you're giving some sort of importance to anything else, that is if it has some sort of kayak, some sort of power. Because really, all of these powers of nature are all, as the expression, kegarzen, like an axe in the hand of the woodchopper. Furthermore, they're like non-existent. There is nothing besides Hashem. The only problem is that it's not recognized in the world. So the world itself seems to be like a place that's saying there's something outside of Hashem. So when a person is coming and doing the mitzvah of challah, by that itself he's nullifying Avedu Zara, that means he's nullifying this idea that the world seems to be an existence, an independent existence. On the other end, if a person is being mevatal the mitzvah of challah, then it's as if he's giving some sort of importance and saying the world is a mitzvah for itself. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand the difference, why there's different shiurim, different measures in challah. On the one hand we say there is no shir, but then the chachamim say there is certain shiurim. Just like Avoid Zara, we say the prohibition of Avoid Zara is even the tiniest amount. So, so to Chala Medoirai, so we say doesn't have a measure. But on the other hand, the Chachamim come along and give a measure. What's the, what's the Pshat? So the Rebbe says like this. The Easter of Avoid Zara is even the tiniest amount. That means, as far as the Amun is concerned and the Neshama of Yid is concerned, there is nothing outside of Hashem. Not even the most subtle way, not even the tiniest thing. The Mitzvah of Chala is telling us that this Nekuda, is, uh, of the Amuna is even, even though it might be very small, there's no sheer, but Kamos in the quantity, but it's a Chala in quality, this is completely higher than all limitations. So in other words, it's what, one little Nakuda, but it's really not about limitations at all. So that's as far as the idea of a Chala that's gonna cancel the Avoid Zara. But the Chachamim come and give a share. What does it mean, the Chachamim? In other words, it's about, if you want to bring it down into Chachma, into Seichel, we need to bring that Amuna, not only to remain that Nakuda of our heart and our Neshama, we also need to bring it down into Seichel. And therefore, since in the mistake of the Avoidah Zara, there could be various different levels to what extent the person is considering the world as a real Metzius. So therefore, the Chachamim, that means we're carrying down the Amunah into Seichel, we also have to have differences to what extent we need to negate it. How does this work? Says the Rebbe Chassidus tells us there's a difference between a Yoishavoyal, a person that sits and learns Torah all day long, and a Balaisik, a businessman. The businessman is the one, because he's dealing with the world, and sees what's going on, and how he has to earn his parnasa and so on, he's more likely to see Ashgach HaPratis than the Yoishavoyal that's being provided everything that he has. In a similar way, says the Rebbe over here, the person baking the bread, the regular ordinary person, usually the Balabasta, the woman of the house baking the bread, she doesn't have so much of a connection to see the whole backstory of where this is all coming from. All of the effort that had to go in had the money had to be earned. The Ashgacha protest that the Abish just set up for all of this to happen. And therefore, there might be more room to forget about the idea that it's really all just coming purely by Hashem. And therefore the shear of Chala that she has to give to remind herself that it's all coming from Hashem is going to be a bigger shear. On the other hand, the Nachtoim, the baker, the one that's out there and doing business, dealing with the world, seeing where it's all coming from, and the Ashgacha protest, how Hashem is making it all happen, 
So for him, even a smaller amount will be enough to remind him that it's really, everything is only about Hashem and everything is in the hands of Hashem. And the Rebbe says that by, of course, fulfilling this mitzvah of challah and bringing in the recognition of Hashem into every aspect of our house, this will surely bring all the brachas in our houses and families of Bonechayu Mezoyin Revichit.